Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm going to take an opportunity to answer listener email questions. So I'm going to dive into three questions. Two are on relationships. One is on work and purpose and soul calling. So listen up. I'm sure that even if it doesn't directly apply to you, you'll get something from it. And before I dive in, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, FreshBooks. So to all my entrepreneur colleagues out there, the one thing we all need is time to cultivate fresh ideas, which is exactly where our sponsor, FreshBooks, can help. FreshBooks makes cloud accounting software for creative professionals that's so straightforward to use. You'll save hours every week and have more time to let your creativity flow. And if that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. I can't cover them all. It would take the whole podcast, but sending a branded invoice in under 30 seconds and enabling online payments in two clicks is a good place to start. There's also a new projects feature where you can invite employees or contractors to collaborate and easily share information, files, and updates. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial to all my listeners, no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. And I now want to take a minute to acknowledge our fan of the week, our reviewer of the week. And if you feel compelled to go and write a review, that would mean so much to me. It really, really helps the show. If you don't have time to write a review, you can just click how many stars to rate it with, preferably five, but whatever you feel. And thank you to all of you who've left a review. So this one is from Carrie. She writes, Christine's podcast is my go-to. I love that her format combines both short episodes that pack a powerful punch, as well as longer ones that elaborate on her incredible insights via actual experiences from listeners. The second I hear Christine's voice, I'm immediately more in an easeful mood and I really enjoy every episode as they always leave me learning something I wasn't expecting. Well, thank you so much for that, Carrie. And I don't think I've ever shared this on the show. When I first heard myself recorded, probably when I was younger, um, because I was an actor as a kid, I hated my voice and I hated my voice for years and years and years. And now I actually really love my voice. And it's, it's changed as I've done body work, as I've done personal growth work, as I've done a lot of somatic therapy, as I've gotten out of my head and more into my body and done breath work, my voice has actually changed. And I think as I found more peace and calm inside myself, my voice reflects that. So first of all, we can all be very judgmental of ourselves, our appearance and our voice. But if you hear your voice and something doesn't resonate for you, you may want to consider working with a voice coach or doing some somatic work because our voice can often reflect where we're suppressed or where we're holding back or where we're not speaking our truth. And I have found the more I'm self-expressed and the more I'm speaking my truth, the more my voice is at the resonance that really is in alignment with who I really am. And therefore, the more it resonates with you and the more when I hear it, it resonates with me. All right, so let's dive into these questions. And like I said, I've got three of them to answer. So the first one is from Joel. He writes, I'm a 31-year-old man and broke up with my girlfriend of two years over what seemed to be a rough patch at that time in the relationship. A month after the breakup, I started dating and I've been in the new relationship for six months. I've recently started reflecting on my previous relationship and realized that my reason to break up may have been hasty and I still have feelings for my ex. My family has gotten close to my new girlfriend and she's really invested emotionally in our relationship. So I feel obliged to stick with her regardless of my feelings for my ex. 
I'm worried my family will judge me for leaving her, but at the same time, this new relationship seems like an issue-based relationship as I dated too soon after breaking up. Please help. Okay, Joel. My answer to you is going to be very direct, which is this. You really should not be in a relationship right now with either one of them. You need some space. You need some perspective. The fact that you wrote, I am worried that my family will judge me is a big clue to me. As a 31-year-old man who's allowing his family's possible perception of him to influence a very personal decision tells me you're too externally referenced and tied to what other people think of you. Also, since you jumped so quickly into another relationship in which you're not currently being honest with her about how you're really feeling, tells me you're not so great at being on your own. And what both of these things tell me is that you're really looking to others for approval, validation, safety, and love. And this, of course, is going to impact your romantic relationships. My guess is you're outsourcing love, looking for women to fill you up, feel good. And attraction is more coming from a place of need rather than a place of a healthy connection. So I encourage you to spend some time thinking about your relationship with yourself. Be alone. Process the two-year relationship and the relationships that came before that. Look at your relationship with your parents in a way that, where that may be a little too enmeshed or codependent if you're so worried about what they think of you. Take some time to do some self-reflection. You're obsessing so much about the relationship, you're maybe missing the big growth opportunity right now that this is really about you and you. So maybe grab a copy of Expectation Hangover, dive deep into the podcast archives and listen to all the relationship episodes, even again, if you've listened to them once, and start being an awesome partner to yourself. Next question is from Susan. Dear Christine, I'm hoping you could shed some light on something for me. I'm in my early 40s and work in real estate, which is not fulfilling. I got back into real estate because I knew I would gain valuable experience that would help me when I own my own rental property someday, one of my goals in life. I see clearly now that selling real estate is not for me at all. I can't seem to figure out what to do for a living. I want so desperately to have a fulfilling career doing something I love. I stress over this daily. I've read all the books, self-help, et cetera. I've taken personality tests over and over again, and I keep coming up with the same answer directing me towards a career in counseling and teaching, one that I'm not qualified or educated for. I didn't even finish college, and at this point in my life, do not see how or when I'd be able to return to school to earn that degree. It just seems like no matter how much self-discovery I come up with, the same answers to go back towards a career in counseling and teaching. Is it possible that I'm not seeing the bigger picture? How can I work in a field that really touches my soul yet be realistic? Susan, let me just break down your last question. How can I work in a field that really touches my soul yet be realistic? Whoa, this reveals a massive limiting belief. There's something in your mental wiring that has you believing that doing something you love is not quote unquote realistic. What is realistic anyway? I think what you're really saying is, how can I do something that touches my soul while still subscribing to the very fear-based conditioning that tells us going for our dreams is unrealistic? (laughs) My advice to you is to go back and see if you can uncover where this programming got in. Who told you you can't take risks? Who told you you couldn't go for your dreams? Where did you learn that being practical or a realist was the safest way to be? Susan, this is all just programming. You already know what to do and what path to take. You don't need me to shine any light on it. You just need to do it. Who cares how old you are, what education you have so far? It's never too late. It's never too late. You can go back and get the degrees, and because you have such a passion for it, it'll be a lot easier and more fun. I often think college and grad school is rather wasted on the young because we don't have a clue what we really want in our 20s. How amazing you get to go back in your 40s when you're really clear that this is what you want to do. 
From my point of view, this approach is incredibly practical. So go for it. Do it. There's no answer I can give you that satisfies both your need to play by the old rules of fear and it's too late thinking and your desire to do something that deeply touches your soul. If you want your soul to be touched, you're going to have to take a leap, take risks, listen deeply to your intuition and flex your faith muscle. My strong encouragement is to not delay, to not ignore this call and to really go for it. Our final question is from Nicole. Dear Christine, my marriage of 17 years has recently ended and I'm conscious that this is an opportunity for me to spend more time doing the work, but I'm not exactly sure what the work is. I've been seeing a psychologist for over a year, reading Expectation Hangover and listening to your show and have come to understand the issues that I think are impacting me. My father was sexually abusive to my mother, which was extremely frightening to me growing up. He was also very neglectful towards me and self-centered, taking no interest in me or my siblings. And my mom loved us, but was also very distracted due to the abuse. I think this has led me to having very low self-esteem and worth, and I've chosen men who are neglectful like my husband. Our relationship was what I think you describe as an issue-based relationship. I have also been struggling to extract myself from a relationship I had with a narcissistic man, which has taken its toll. I'm conscious that I've been seeking the love that I did not feel from my parents from men. I'm viewing all these challenges as a great opportunity for me to learn and change my life. And I'm really keen to work with these issues so I don't repeat the mistakes of the past, but I'm conscious that just being aware of the issues is not enough. I'd love to get a better idea on practical actions or steps that I need to take to really progress and get control of these challenges so I can live happily and a content life. Okay. So first, I should probably define what an issue-based relationship is since I've used that twice. I love that our callers or writers know what that is. So an issue-based relationship is the kind of relationship where your issues really attract each other. There's usually high degrees of chemistry and passion, but it's really kind of the issues that are bringing you together. So people with similar abandonment issues or jealousy issues or two children of addicts, things like that tend to kind of pull you together. So With Nicole, first I want to acknowledge that your commitment to healing and your willingness to see this as an opportunity to learn and change is brilliant. Just that openness and that willingness will completely support your healing and growth. So regarding your questions about working through the issues, I agree awareness is not enough, but it's a super important first step. The next step is acceptance. Nicole, you just got out of a 17-year marriage and had two decades of a not-so-ideal childhood and young adulthood before that. And you've just been doing this work for a year, a year compared to nearly four decades of moving from dealing with abuse, neglectful parents to neglectful husband, and now to a narcissistic boyfriend. It's a lot. So please don't expect an overnight answer or a quick fix or to control this right away. Spend some time acknowledging and having deep compassion for your journey so far. What can happen with awareness And our commitment to change is that it can make us skip a very important step. Yeah, we start to connect dots and notice our issues, but we forget to stop and truly have compassion for all the challenges we've been through. So, Nicole, you've had a rough go and no one was there for you growing up or in your marriage saying, it's okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this is happening and I'm here for you. You've got to spend some time in that step. Also, when we've been abused, we often internalize that abuser. So you're probably very hard on yourself. You're even pushing yourself to get over this quick, heal it quick, change it quick. Be gentle with yourself. Give yourself permission to take time with this. 
Now for some specific things, because I know you wanted action steps. Well, since you listened to the show, you've heard me talk about the importance of reparenting. This really is your opportunity to reparent yourself, to be that loving voice of encouragement, nurturing, and compassion that you didn't really have growing up. Also, become a loving partner to yourself. Take yourself on some really great dates and please get out of the relationship with a narcissistic man. Spend some time alone. The more you're in this relationship with this narcissistic man, the more you're kind of picking the scab of this wound. It's really hard to heal and get better and work on yourself when you're in a relationship with the person that consistently is triggering old issues and hurts. I also recommend some somatic work. You can research somatic therapists to help get a lot of the feelings moving through your body. And mastery, my personal mastery course over at Nonwithit is going to be opening up for enrollment very soon. So I highly advise that as well. Most of all, please remember this is not an overnight process. Be slow, be gentle, be patient, and be compassionate. And before I sign up for this episode, I want to thank our other sponsor, True Car. So if you're looking to buy a car, you probably are familiar with terms like MSRP. You might've even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? Same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the True Car price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your True Car price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true car price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. All right, everybody, that's Coach's Corner for this week. Until next time, much love and many blessings.